This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. A little boy was out walking through the neighborhood, knocking on people's doors. And when they would come to the door, he would ask them this question, Do you know Jesus? Well, he knocked on one lady's door, and she came to the door, and he asked her, Ma'am, do you know Jesus? And she got a little bit indignant with him. And she said, I have you to know, young man, I go to church every Sunday, and and I read my Bible and I pray. He said, yes, ma'am, but I, I just wondered, do you really know Jesus? Do you really know Jesus? Can we be sure? I, I, I'm Billy Lambert, and I want to welcome you to getting to know your Bible. And today on this telecast, we're going to be talking about blessed assurance. There's a beautiful old hymn that I've heard all of my life. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Let's talk about that today. Please stay tuned. And now on getting to know your Bible, we are offering a free Bible correspondence course. I emphasize the course is free, and we want you to have it. So in order that you might know more about the course, how you can receive that course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. Jesus is in the tomb. Soldiers are stationed just outside. And Pilate comes, and this is recorded in your Bible in the 27th chapter of Matthew. And this is what Pilate says to the soldiers. You have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. Now, the statement he made was with reference to the tomb of Jesus. He wanted them to make sure that no one tampered with that tomb. Make it as sure, as secure as you possibly can. But you know, I believe the same thing can be said with reference to our salvation. Make it as sure as you can. So suppose someone were to ask you this question. Are you saved? Yes or no? How would you answer? Someone might say, well, you know, I'm not totally sure about that, Brother Lambert. Or I think I'm saved. Or, or you might be like one man who told me the only time that I'll know whether I'm saved or not is when they take me and put me in the cemetery. I had a man tell me one day, he said, I, I teach a Sunday school class. And he had tears in his eyes. But he said, I can't tell you that I'm saved. I believe God wants us to know. Don't you? 
that, that God wants us to live a life of happiness. He wants us to live a life of joy. He wants us to live a life of peace. He wants us to know whether we are saved or not. In other words, He wants us to have blessed assurance. Well, someone might ask, well, why do you suppose people don't have that blessed assurance? Well, there may be lots of reasons, and some of which I might not even consider or think of. But I think one of the reasons that people might not be certain about their salvation is because they are aware that they are human, they know they're not perfect, and they have it made up in their minds that in order to serve Jesus, that they have to live a perfectly sinless life on their own. Well, I hate to tell you, my friend, you'll never do it. Even Christians make mistakes. Even those that are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb make mistakes. In 1 John 1 and verse 8, the Bible says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And we're deceived if we think we don't make mistakes and sin as Christians. In the second chapter of 1 John, it begins like this, My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not, but if any man sin. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, friends, those verses are written to people that are, are Christians. Now, Christians are not perfect people, they're forgiven people. And so long as we're walking the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus is cleansing us, daily cleansing us of our sins, so long as we're walking in that light. I think another reason some may not be certain about their salvation is they're still in love with the old devil. They're still in love with the world. Now, now we know that you cannot serve God and Satan at the same time. I think we're intelligent enough to know that. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, No man can serve two masters. Now, Will Rogers said, that's the verse in the Bible that taught that a man ought not to have two wives. No, no. That's the verse in the Bible that teaches a man should not try to serve God and Satan at the same time. We know that. Just imagine that we were to draw a circle here and let that circle represent the kingdom of Satan. And here's another circle that represents the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ. And we are aware, we're intelligent enough to know we cannot live in both of those realms at the same time. So what some of us do, some even in the church try to do, they pull those, try to pull those two realms together so they sort of overlap in the middle and they try to live in what one man referred to as the twilight zone. They try to straddle the fence with God. They try to straddle the fence with Jesus. So if you're trying to live in the twilight zone, it's no wonder you have some, some doubt in your mind about your salvation. And possibly another reason that some may have doubts about whether they're saved or not, they don't have that blessed assurance, is because of their negligence. You know, a question is posed in the second chapter of Hebrews, and it's a serious question. And it's written to Christians. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Maybe you have been negligent 
of responsibilities and duties that you have as a Christian. Well, there's no wonder you might uh, have some kind of doubts in your minds. You see, it's, it's by walking in the light as He is in the light, 1 John 1, 7, in fellowship with God, in fellowship with Jesus, in fellowship with the Holy Spirit, serving God by following His Word, that we can have the assurance of our salvation. I went to visit a woman in the hospital one day, and, and she confided in me that the doctor said he couldn't help her. And I said, what did he say to you do? He said, got to help myself. I said, what does he want you to do? He, he, I said, help myself. I said, what's wrong with you? She said, I'm afraid. I said, she said, well, of what? I said, of what are you afraid? She said, Brother Lambert, I'm afraid that if I were to die right now, I'd go to hell. I said, are you aware Christians don't live in that kind of fear? I felt so bad for her. So when she went home, I went to see her along with one of the, uh, one of the leaders in the church, one of the elders of the church went to see her. And she said, Brother Lambert, do you think I'm a backslider? I said, well, you know, that's an interesting question, and I'm going to let you answer your own question. I said, first of all, when is the last time you observed the Lord's Supper? She said, I don't have an idea. I don't even know. I said, when is the last time you darkened the door of the church building? She said, I, I don't know, but crowds make me nervous. I was a, kind of a, aware that she had been seen at Piggly Wiggly on Sunday afternoon shopping for groceries, and that was a pretty crowded place. I didn't think crowds made her all that nervous. Well, I said, let's see now. When is the last time you gave anything, the money that you earn every time? When is the last time you gave into that to the Lord? She says, well, I really don't know. I said, now, let, let, let me ask you this. I said, you don't know the last time you worshiped God. You don't even know the last time you communed with the Lord around the Lord's table, commemorating the death of Jesus. You, you don't know those things. You can't answer those things. I said, now, if you're not a backslider, what do you think you'd have to do to become one? Well, she said, oh, well, I guess I'm a backslider. And I said, well, let, she said, what do I need to do? I said, let me read for you the, from the Bible. It tells you what to do as a Christian who's gotten out of the light. 1 John 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You see, she had doubts in her minds because she had gotten out of the light. Well, you say, well, I just don't understand this, brother. I don't understand what, what happens when, when you don't know you're saved. Have you ever really thought about that, the, the, the effect that it has on your spiritual life when you're not sure you're saved? What you give up, you forfeit peace of mind. Now, if there's one thing God wants you to have, it is peace of mind. I love a passage in the Old Testament. It's in Isaiah, the 26th chapter, in verse number 3, where Isaiah said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Perfect peace. It's difficult to improve on perfect peace, isn't it? You see, we can have perfect peace. In Philippians 4 and 7, Paul said that you can have the peace that passes all understanding. You can't improve on that. But you see, if I don't know where I stand with the Lord, I'm going to forfeit that peace of mind. I recall a number of years ago, I was in 
a gospel meeting in a certain city in Alabama, and I was preaching there in a revival. And uh, uh, I stayed in the home of the preacher. And they put me in a guest bedroom. Well, in that bedroom, the preacher had put some of his books on a bookshelf. Now, if you don't want a preacher to look at your books, you better not put him in a room where they are because the preacher is going to look at your books. And I began to look at the books he had in there, and I found one entitled Psychological Disorders. So, so that night I decided, now what I'm going to read, do is read this book, and I'll, I'll just find out what my psychological disorder is. You know, I was amazed to learn one thing that night. Listen to me carefully. One of the reasons, but not the only reason, mind you, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that people have psychological disorders is a lack of assurance of their salvation. See, you forfeit peace of mind. Uh, and another thing that you forfeit when you're not certain about where you stand with God is you forfeit your zeal for God. Now we're to be zealous unto every good work. Titus 3.1, Titus 2.7, Titus 3.10, Titus 2.14. We're to be ze zealous for God. And burning with fire for God. But how in the world could you be on fire for God if you didn't know where you stand with God? I, I was talking to a businessman one day and I said, let me ask you a question. And I want you to answer me from a businessman's point of view. If you were trying to get God's people working and, and involved in the, in the work that the church is trying to do, what, what would you go about trying to, to, how would you encourage them to do that? And the answer I got was so far away from where I thought it would be. He said, you want me to tell you why I don't think people get involved in the work of the church? Why they don't show enthusiasm, why they don't show zeal. I said, well, I guess that's what I'm asking you. He said, I, say, I, he said, I think deep down inside, some of them are not really sure they're saved. I think another thing you forfeit when you're not certain about yourself, you have a morbid fear of death. Well, I suppose most of us are like one man who said, I have no fear of dying, but oh, the crossing, the crossing. But you see, if you're not sure about your soul, then you have a fear of crossing that, that chasm between life and death, this world and the next world. But then when you're not certain about your salvation, it's hard for you to recommend Jesus to somebody else, isn't it? In Psalm 66, 16, David said, Come and hear all ye that fear the Lord. And I'll declare what he's done for my soul. But if you're not sure he's done anything for your soul, friends, you don't have anything to declare. I, I read a lot of, uh, a preacher went to town and, and he was going to speak that night and he needed to mail a letter. He didn't know where the post office was, but he saw a little boy walking down the street and he said to the little boy, he said, Hey, son, son, can you tell me where the post office is? I need to mail a letter. He said, I'll tell you what, son. If you'll tell me where the post office is and how to get to the post office, 
you come hear me preach tonight, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. He said, Mister, if you don't know how to get to the post office, why should I trust you telling me how to get to heaven? If we're not certain about where we are with God, how can we recommend Jesus to somebody else? Somebody says, well, Billy, I just don't sure you can be sure about your salvation. Are you really sure about that? Let me, let's just find out what does the Bible say about it. First of all, let's, let's find out from what the Apostle Paul said about assurance of our salvation. Now, some question whether or not he wrote the Hebrew, book of Hebrews, but the Hebrew writer, at least in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22 and 23 said, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Folks, we can be fully assured, fully assured. And the listen to Paul in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 1. For we know, we know that if this earthly house of our tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with with hands eternal in the heavens. It doesn't sound like doubts in the minds of the Apostle Paul, does it? And then what about his statement in 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1, verse number 12? I know, I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. There wasn't a single doubt in the mind of the Apostle Paul about his future. As a matter of fact, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8, he said, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that love is appearing. Do you have that blessed assurance? Are you saved? Are you sure? Then what about the apostle Peter? In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 10, Peter said, Make your calling... And election, sure, make it sure, be certain, have blessed assurance. And then let's listen to the Apostle John in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 3. Hereby we do know that we know Him. Now, John says, we know that we know Him. Several years ago, on a Sunday morning, about 7.30, I was already dressed and ready to go to the church building where I was the preacher. The telephone rings. The young woman on the line, and she said, uh, told me her name, and she said, I just flew into town, thought I'd give you a call. I said, well, wonderful. She said, now this is Billy Lambert, isn't it? I said, yes, it is. She said, do you remember meeting me in Detroit? And, well, I've been to Detroit uh, since then, but up to that point in my preaching life, I'd never been to Detroit to preach. I said, no, I don't remember it. She said, well, by the way, what are you doing up so early? Well, I said, uh, I'm getting ready to go to church. And she paused and kind of got quiet and she said, Church? She said, what are you going to church for? Well, I said, among the many things I'm going to do is I'm going to preach. She said, and she almost screeched it out over the phone. She said, preach? I said, yes. 
She said, I do have the wrong number, don't I? I said, yes, ma'am, you have the wrong number. She said, could I ask you a question? She said, do you know God? I said, yes, ma'am, I know God. She said, how do you know you know God? And I'm so thankful the Holy Spirit put 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3 in the Bible. I said, I know that I know God because to the best of my ability, I'm trying to do what He wants me to do. You know, that verse goes on to say, we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. If we keep His commandments, we obey Him. If we surrender our will to His will, we can know we know Him. She said, I wish I could know Him. I wish I could love the Lord like other people do. But she said, I like pretty clothes and fast living. Now, ladies, I don't, I don't say anything wrong with the pretty clothes, do you? But you can't live in the fast lane of life and have the assurance of your salvation. You see, we need to know that we know Him. And we can know that we know Him. And you say, well, how can we know that we know Him? Well, what must I do to get to know Jesus? What must I do to be sure about my salvation? Well, I think one of the first things we've got to do, we've got to study the Bible. Do, do you study the Bible? Do you have one at home? Do you really study it? Now, now the, the, the name of this telecast is Getting to Know Your Bible. By getting to know your Bible, you can come to learn what God wants you to do that you might have the assurance of your salvation. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. You know, in 2 Timothy 2.15, Paul said, Study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I've had people ask me, Brother Lambert, how, do you, how did, did you get to know what you know about the Bible? And, and, and if I were to tell them what I, how I really feel, I would tell them this, I know so little about it. Well, what little I do know about the Bible, I had to study for it. I had to read the Bible. I had to study the Bible and meditate on the Bible and pray about this. There's not a shortcut. And there's not a one of us that ever would be sure about our salvation unless we take the Bible in hand and examine the Bible and search these scriptures about what salvation is all about. You've got to study the Bible. And it is by studying the Bible that we have faith created in our heart. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Some suggest that faith is a miracle. Faith is not a miracle. Faith is a process. It's a process of where we come to believe because of our exposure to the evidence of the Bible, the testimony of Scripture. Listen to it again. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes, how? By the Word of God. You can't be sure you're saved unless you believe the Bible. A lot of people study the Bible, they don't believe it. They study the Bible, they don't accept it. 
Khrushchev could quote, I'm told that Khrushchev, who was once prime minister of Russia, could quote the Sermon on the Mount. It doesn't, it's not enough to be able to quote Scripture. You've got to believe it, to be the Word of the living God. And you come to believe in God, come to believe in Jesus, to the point that you're willing to turn away from sin. You can't be sure you're saved unless you repent. Because Jesus said, except you repent, you'll perish in Luke 13, 3. And you can't be sure you're saved unless you are willing as a confessed believer in Jesus Christ. A person willing to acknowledge not just one time in your life, but for the whole of your life, you believe Jesus is the Son of the living God. And as a believer in Him, you'll be immersed into Christ, into His death, into the benefits of that death, Romans 6 and 3 and 4. I want to urge you to be sure you're saved. You see, there is a person, according to Paul in Romans chapter 4 and verse 8, against whom God does not reckon sin or keep a record of his sin. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute sin. And that man is that person who is, as a confessed believer in Christ, as a penitent confessing believer in Christ, as a baptized believer in Christ, lives the faithful Christian life. First John, listen to 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. And the word cleanseth means a continual process of cleansing. See, so May is the, was once the dean of Fulton University, the Bible department, and one day I called Dr. May and I said, Cecil, I want to ask you a question. If you as a Christian walk in the light and on the day of judgment you stand before God, how many sins will you have to give an account for? I already knew the answer to the question. He said, none. Because your sins are forgiven daily as you walk in the light by the blood of Jesus. Friends, that's blessed assurance. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also, let me urge you right now to pick up the telephone call for the free Bible Correspondence course. And you, you can take it online if you prefer. We have many, many people that do that. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my fervent prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ, 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.